It was Eddie Smart looking for all of the attention at the weekend. Now it's our turn on the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Back once again, as I've said there, for our 85th instalment. Uh, just working that out, uh, times by three to four hours. That's the amount of, of uh, time that the Ice Fan spent editing over the last year and a half. So, welcome back, Mr. Frosty himself. It is the Ice Man. Yeah, thanks, Billy. Lots of lots of wasted hours there. Just yeah, when I, I was just thinking about that before the podcast, actually, the amount of time you you spent promoting, editing, and generally giving life to this. I know it's it's too much commitment, really. I might stop unless we get more Patreons. <laughs> Well, I was going to say that it has paid off because you've just bought a new house, haven't you? I have, yes. That Patreon money has come in handy. No, yeah. I joke. But yeah, I have bought a new house. It's kept me very out the loop with a lot of stuff to do with FPL. It's quite annoying. And uh, and I understand that it's completely kitted out of air conditioning, offering you sub-zero <clears throat> temperatures in every room. Oh, it's brilliant. I've, I've bought a bin which you can just wave at and then it opens. Yeah. The, the mod um, cons you can buy now. Anybody that actually owns one of those knows they break fairly quickly. So uh, let's take it. Let's take uh, bets on Twitter. How many episodes of the podcast will it take for the Iceman's bin to break? Poll going up later. Let's talk about football, though. So we've got a brilliant guest on with us for the 85th instalment. He's been with us before. It's uh, FPL editor Craig from Fancy Football Fix. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back, gents. Absolute pleasure. Welcome back, mate. Yeah, thanks for joining us uh, late in the day once again. Much appreciated. Do you want to tell the listeners just how you've been getting on since the last time we spoke to you and for the majority of this season? Yes, no worries. So I think the last time I was on was around game week 10. Uh, At that point, uh, I was probably ranked around 20,000. I've not made huge progress. I did get up to an almighty 2,450, I think, at one stage. Um, Slipped back a little bit. In recent weeks, I'm now down to 12,457, so still respectable. And to be honest, I would have taken it at the start of the season uh, at this time in the season, given that I still have all my chips to utilise. But it's been a bit of a frustrating one, I'd say, for me over the last sort of 10, 12 game weeks. Not everything going my way, kind of getting captains wrong. uh, And I spoke with a few people that are probably experiencing the same thing. But yeah, all but told... I'll take it. Yeah, still high performing as usual. I think your your threshold for what's a good season is probably far and beyond many many others. Um, and and you're doing uh, you're working as usual at Fancy Football Fix on on the website there. How's that all going? Yeah, very good. So um, still running the content side of the website. There's a constant development going on in the sort of back office with regards to improvements for the site to provide its users with, I guess, some new visuals, utilizing Optostats, etc. So from a sort of a visual perspective and from a statistical perspective, it's, it's improving daily. And yeah, I'm enjoying doing my writing there, still doing my top five key players each week. We had a really good performance last week. We actually put Ramsey in as our mid-priced budget nice. options so we'll we'll take that excellent yeah i think you need to brag about that one definitely hand that up when we get to the arsenal game in just a moment <laughs> yeah. so yeah great stuff everyone go over take a look at the website i'm sure many of you already do but let's get down to the business of how our teams did this week so Iceman, how'd you get on uh, i really wish you didn't ask me first because i have had a terrible week it's 38 just for me this week which is all right 
five under average. I captained Aguero, where we all should just captain Salah nearly every week. No one really <laughs> returned for me other than Salah. That's it. So, yeah, measly 38. Obviously, Kane got a four. Yeah, not a great week for me. I <laughs> happened to bring in my favourite pal, Stanislas, this week. He, he has been my punt for this week. I was going to just go I, because of Bournemouth, they've got that... 31 fixture and they've got some good fixtures coming up. Stanislas was kind of just coming back. He hit form against Chelsea. I was hoping for a big score against Stoke but no. He came off at 58 minutes and I kind of almost regret bringing him in because I I did look at his past game time and he always seems to just come off at the around the 60-70 minute mark so maybe yeah. that was a bit of an error by me. I'm holding on to him because they've got good fixtures and just going to hope for this one. <clears throat> he's like uh, but you and Stanislas it's, it's such a weird relationship it's like a, it's like an awful ex-partner that you know you had some good nights but you know it just never quite works out and you keep going back to though don't you, you just keep going back <laughs> I do it's easy irresistible at the moment is I'm kind of at I'm at eight and a half K so I'm still I'm still kind of high up you're doing amazingly well I think so Okay, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what your picks are for this week, Iceman. Um, I did just above average, so the average for this week, 43. I clocked up 44. Again, not too much of a spread of points. I captained Kane for a whopping eight. I had Hazard, but the one that I'd put in the week before was Mkhitaryan, who, of course, came up with the three assists and uh, looked really happy with his mate Pierre in the team. So I'm happy with that, and I'm going to stick with Mkhitaryan most definitely this week. Craig, how about yourself? How did you get on? Ah, oh, gosh, down in the doldrums <laughs> with you guys as well. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, I won't be um, uh, providing much more clout around that. Um, so, 39 points for me, pretty dismal state of affairs, unfortunately. Captain Aguero, Salah in the team. Literally the only other high-scoring player in my team other than Salah would have been Pope in goal with five yeah. points. So, pretty poor from me. Not a great week for any of us then. Actually, I think our combined scores still don't quite beat the highest point scorer in the game this week. who got 119, <laughs> which is very impressive. Um, that person, Captain Sala for 45, got 20 for Ramsey, and uh, they had Decore as well. I'd be very interested to hear what you two think about him as a, as a cheap sort of season keeper for in midfield. I'll get to that in a moment. Let's have a look at the uh, at the mini league and see how things stand. I'm hoping for there not being anyone to trip me up in the top ten, but we'll see. So we've got some wonderful names again. Okay, so we've got Vinter Kriegern, Mr. Cornelison in tenth place, Costa Del Cucci, uh, Jaegersdorf down to eighth, Jigetto, uh, G- Georgi <laughs> Bojinov. <laughs> you, you've missed out 10th place by the way me myself and I by Frederick Anderson in 10th place to say he doesn't cry I have sorry just out of screenshot my apologies okay we've got off Vederson Pet Jay Loggerwood we've got two girls one schlup Andrew Ferguson in 5th place Cruise Control Stevie Sunshine in 4th haven't read that one out before for Fook's sake are you blind Joe Stone in 3rd great performer from them this season Demir Tanay has dropped in our league to 2nd place 1 point behind Luke Kyle Walker's dad Rizwan Chaudhry oh, nice. to be fair for a name like that they deserve to be in 1st place <laughs> 
Yeah, it's nice to me though. What's going on? Yeah, so we, he dropped uh, in the last week, didn't he? When we checked in, so uh, the guy who's top at the moment is thirteenth overall. So Demir's just fallen behind, but to be fair, he's had a pretty decent season so far. So great performance by the top ten. Right, let's move into the game week fixtures. I spend any other business before we get to that point. No, no, move on. No business, just wisdom. Okay, so let's get straight into the game week fixtures. Coming up, our first one on Saturday, the 10th of February, 12.30. Mild fixture, this one, not too much riding on it. Spurs at home against Arsenal. What a fixture this is looking to be. Spurs, of course, grabbing that late, fully justified penalty at the weekend against Liverpool. Arsenal doing business against Everton. Um Craig, I always come to the guest when we speak about Arsenal, otherwise it gets a little bit one-sided. So what are your thoughts on this tie? Oh, it's going to be diff- difficult, I think, to predict what's going to happen here, to be honest, particularly after seeing a resurgent Arsenal midweek with the 5-1 hammering of Everton. So uh, if I hadn't seen that, I'd probably been a bit more cagey and sort of lent towards a Spurs win. It still could be a Spurs win, but I feel that maybe, maybe Arsenal will, will, will sort of turn it around in the in the rivalries. I know that away, I, actually I don't know off the top of my head, but it feels like Arsenal have not really been getting the better of Spurs, perhaps at, the, at their ground in recent yeah. times. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know the numbers. I haven't seen them or got the stats in front of me, so I don't profess to know them. But I know that Harry Kane's record against Arsenal is ridiculous. Six or seven goals now that he's scored uh, in the games that he's played against you. Seems to always score. That's that's the bad omen. Yeah, he's, he's got in, six starts and six goals against Arsenal. I, yeah. I read an article this week it was saying that Kane Kane said being released from Arsenal at the age he was was the best thing that ever happened to him. Mm. So he's is, still how many trophies has he got though? Hey, oh yeah, come on. <laughs> are you, are you gonna, saying I'm you gonna, can gonna, be like, hey, I'm wondering if Iceman's thinking he's going to be another Shearer, loads of goals but no Premier League title. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, no, just one with Blackburn. Could be. I mean, to be honest, I'm not too sure how much longer he's going to even stay in the league, um, the way he's going. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the writing's on the wall for a Real Madrid boot, isn't it, if we're honest? So yeah. so getting back to the fixture, I think I think personally this will be a quite a cagey affair. I don't think there's going to be many goals, um, although there is a lot of goals in both teams. I just feel that because of that, it may well cancel... Well, they may well cancel each other out. So I'm going to go with a conservative draw I think it'll be 1-1 maybe 2-2 two, two at push but um, I would say Kane will be involved and I think um, one of the new boys will be involved I think as well Mkhitaryan or Aubameyang but perhaps not too many goals yeah see we, we've got a load of questions on the Arsenal players I mean a lot of people kind of looking at them now that they've played well in one game they've got all these new players it all looks really exciting so we have one from FPL Mediocrity just saying is it too early to get the likes of Ramsey Mickey and Aubameyang in mm-hmm. they, I mean they won't play Everton every week will they he says Justin Dye says something similar or should we wait for a larger sample size and also David Isaac kind of says isn't Ramsey the better option than Mickey yeah. as it's mostly mm-hmm. down to goals yeah. versus assists so and also you get one million saves so a lot of people are looking at Arsenal but I I don't know Arsenal are like Hazard really they are like a hit and miss type team they can be playing really well one week and you'll be like yeah let's bring loads of Arsenal players in and then the next week they can Mm. be really poor I'll wait for more of a sample size yeah go on Pete 
Yeah, and no, I appreciate you want a bit more data there, Iceman. I think that's the sensible thing to do. And I think for when it comes down to the more spicy players like Mkhitaryan, Ozil, or Bamiyang, Lacazette, definitely. I think Ramsey, though, because of his price, Wenger absolutely loves him. So as long as he's fit, he's going to play all season. And mm. he's gone back to fit, accommodate all those players. It's going to benefit Ramsey because Wenger seems to want to play 4-2-3-1, which means Ramsey plays in his favourite position, off the attacking front four, making those late runs into the box. You saw it three times at the weekend. So I think you could afford to go with him now, especially at 7 million. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I think since he's been injured, the, the only other player that's really shown value at that price is, is Lingard and maybe one or two others. But So I think you could you could go with Ramsey now, regardless of how good Arsenal are. I, I mean, like, I would kind of wait a couple of game weeks because they have got two tough fixtures coming up. Mm. There's there's no reason why you need to dive in on them. I mean, it's only going to be the price rise that you'd be worried about. The only thing is they're more than likely having a, a blank game week in game week 31. But uh, after these two fixtures till the end of the season, they've got some really good fixtures all the way to the end. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like some people might prefer Mkhitaryan over Ramsey. I can I can hear your argument there, Pete, and it's probably a justified one. But Mkhitaryan, I've got stats. I've got data. You've got data, have you? Let me throw some data. At you Go just <laughs> you carry on going. But just if you think about that season when Ramsey was scoring for fun every week, in comparison, so. His average FPL points are only 0.5 less than that season. He's had more shots already this season. Mm. Um, He's had more shots in the penalty area and more big chances, indicating he is getting forward as much, if not more, than that season when he was our go-to man. So that's the other thing that's supported my argument. Please carry on with the other other discussion. I can kind of... uh, I'll support your argument a little bit more as well because Mkhitaryan seems to be given more of a free role at Arsenal, um, whereas at United he was kind of held back into just one position where they have fixed positions that was it whereas here he can kind of express himself a bit more but I do yeah. I do find that that might be able to push Ramsey forward a bit like we saw against Everton where he's moving forward a little bit more Mkhitaryan moving into other positions even defending a little bit more freeing up Ramsey role and just it, I think it kind of it might work as a as a gelling type everyone's kind of got a free role in that midfield so yeah it could benefit him the fact that Mkhitaryan is playing and you know he is the man with the assists he's not necessarily the goal scorer I, I think it's a good argument I can see the case for Mkhitaryan I would actually go Ramsey but uh, I would actually hold off for a couple of weeks before I actually dive in on any of the Arsenal players Okay, so I think that's a fair answer to that that question from that listener. Mm. So I'm hearing Kane, I'm hearing Ramsey. Nobody's talking about either team's defence, and I think justifiably so. Yeah. Although the other one I'd speak about, um, Craig, have you have you been impressed by Monreal in recent weeks? He hit the post again at the weekend. He scored a few recently. Yeah, he's been brilliant. I think that he's, he's really shown that he can get forward and be a real presence in the box, which I think a lot of the top managers expect from their defenders now. We see it, don't we, across yeah. all of the top six. You need to have defenders that are going to offer something going forward. So perhaps, perhaps credit where credit's due, Wenger's seen that in, in training and thought, look, come on, get in the box more. And actually, I've noticed it from some of the footage that I've watched that he's in around the box causing a nuisance on set pieces and and just trying to get forward in general so yeah i've been i've been pretty impressed with him alonso's sort of sort of the one that's the the the, the benchmark uh, and he's a, he's a very high benchmark so it's probably a little bit unfair to throw anybody in the same category considering how far he gets forward but monreal i thought has been absolutely brilliant recently averaging more points than say that benchmark player which is um, alonso he's 
8.3 points over the last six game weeks, which is pretty astonishing. And he's actually had more shots on target than what Alonso has had. He's averaging yeah. 0.7 a game to Alonso's 0.6 and 0.7 goals over 0.2 of Alonso. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's really sort of demonstrating that he could be a potential option. The only thing is, I think he was ill towards the last game. Did he come off? Was that? I'm, so I'm just looking at the stats here. He mm. came, came off at half time. Not sure why. I think it does. It has a flag on him on FPL's illness. He, he, hopefully, he can play the next game. We, I think we need him against Spurs and City. So, yeah. but yeah, if he is well and fit, then it's a great argument to bring in. The only thing is, I don't know if I would bring him in over Jones at five point seven. No. But a lot of people might have Jones already, and then want him as another option yeah I think from so, an Arsenal side of things it's it, it there's not been very many clean sheets recently so I think to be honest that's kind of the first thing you look for out of your defenders really isn't it yeah yeah just a quick word going back to Tottenham they have brought this new player in uh, what's his name Lucas Mora Mora that's the guy so they've got loads of kind of rotation options now with Lamella there too, so mm. if you've got Son, like I have, who is a selfish little bastard, who could have passed the Kane a few times and Kane would have got a couple of goals, but if you've got him, I would be looking at moving him out. I, I am looking at moving him out this week. He'll probably play against Arsenal, but I can see some rotation coming in that movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so just I suppose the only final thing to say about Spurs at the moment is they've got Toby back soon, who, and with the fixtures they've got coming up, could be a very decent option, so keep your eye on him for defensive returns for Spurs. Yeah. Okay, so lads, I think we need to move on. We spent a fair amount of time once again talking about the Arsenal game there. Let's move on to Everton versus Palace. Everton taking an absolute pasting at the weekend. Palace gradually finding their way. Iceman, if I can come to you on this one first, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it looks like Sam's like honeymoon period has ended. I mean, he's got some good fixtures coming up, though, till the end of the season. It's just that they weren't flowing and he was just slagging them off. I don't know if that's good for their morale for Everton. There's, I mean, <laughs> there's still no one from Palace that I can see that are any good. I mean, like, everyone... Almost can't say his name. Milivojevic. <laughs> Milivojevic. Yeah, you got it. Uh, he's probably the, the easy one to bring in because he's on penalties. Having a penalty taker in your team, it does benefit you from time to time. Yeah. So <clears throat> either him or even MacArthur, he's quite a good enabler, but I don't think I'm going there quite yet. I think there are other options. But I, I am looking at Mr. Theo Wilcott. He should have yeah. had a goal against Arsenal. He had a couple of goals the game before, looking promising in that attack. You know, midfielder kind of playing out of position more or less up front. He has got a game in game week 31, so I'm looking for that Son to Theo move. I'm just waiting for all the cup games to go past, and then I'll probably be nice. making that move. Yeah. Craig, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, personally, being selfish, uh, when I look at my team here, I would say that... Walcott is probably the only viable option in this game. Yes, there are other players that could potentially score, and this could be a bit of a free-flowing one, and actually could be quite a high-scoring game, but I wouldn't be too distracted by that and think, oh, we better be rushing in and buying some of the assets here. But Everton have very good fixtures, so I think if you go for Walcott, you've kind of covered yourself from an attacking perspective, and Crystal Palace's fixtures are absolutely horrifying over the next five or six. Wow. And there are away at Everton, home to Spurs, home to Man United, away at Chelsea, away at Huddersfield and home to Liverpool. That is not to be touched. Yeah, it's uh, it's truly disgusting, isn't it? Interestingly, um, 
5,000 people have actually transferred in Milovojevic today. So Iceman, I think, makes a good point on the appeal of a of a penalty taker in your team. But uh, I have to sort of concur with the two of you. I think Walcott's the only really viable option, which effectively means we're just talking about Arsenal again in this fixture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I need to move us on to uh, Stoke versus Brighton. Yeah, do it. Let's move on to Stoke versus Brighton. Um, yeah, so I just went to you first last time. So, Craig, this time, Stoke-Brighton, interesting. Uh, there's, a, there's a big man up front for Brighton who's drawing some interest at the moment. Any thoughts on this fixture? Yes, I think quite a few people uh, within the FPL community brought in players from Stoke given that they are now under new stewardship in Paul Lambert and they looked promising in, in I think in a couple of game weeks ago when they were it was Huddersfield at home where they turned them over 2-0 so I think the Chupa Motangs the Shakiris are the kind of attacking assets that seem to be the most aggressive going forward for Stoke so those type of players might fare quite well this week in this particular fixture from Brighton's side, Pascal Gross with a goal on assist again at the weekend. So he's kind yeah. of back from the dead. I think everyone forgot that he had even existed and started the season so well. I mean, he's, um, because... he's, in the top, say, he's in the top six performing midfielders mm. overall in terms of points. And he's still only 5.8 million. So he's quite appealing. Definitely. I think, I think like you said, he's stalled a little bit because he went for that big patch where he didn't really do a lot. He had one sort of double points haul around sort of game week 19, game week 20. And then, and then sort of a long period where he had sort of 10, to 13 games where he didn't really do a lot other than that and then he comes and lands a double points score again with a goal and an assist but he's on everything he's on you know free kicks corners you know you're going to get opportunities when you're doing that in a team like Brighton which are going to pride themselves on sort of set piece goals and yes there is Glenn Murray, who um, was <laughs> it was a shout on my last uh, podcast with you guys, but it was a loose shout. Um, I didn't actually ever bring him in, but I thought he would be uh, a player that could get goals. He's got the pedigree. He doesn't rely on pace, and he's he's a very good finisher. So I believe yeah. it's eight eight goals for the season now for Glenn yeah. Murray. So again, not not bad returns. He could easily get eleven or twelve goals. The only thing is, he's got a bit more competition now in Azella, hasn't he? Very true, very true. So, Hemed's still there. This is Cuerdo. Is Cuerdo? God, these names. What a goal he scored. Did everyone see that yeah. one? Yeah, that was a blockbuster. Very nice. Delta. Yeah. Don't think he'll be scoring them every week, though. Yeah, good. Good player, very, very quick, but a little bit off the radar at the moment. I think the thing with Bryson is you want to see them scoring more than one or two in a game to really want to commit to their attack. But after this, as we've said, Swansea at home. So for the next two, I think if you've got a Gross or a Murray as your mm. enabling third striker, I'd, I'd play them. Yeah, it's just you're not going to bring them in just for these two, are you? And towards the rest of the season, they've probably got the worst run-in out of any team. So I won't be looking to bring in even Gross. I think if you've got him, hold him on for the next two and then probably yeah. get rid after that I'd agree with that I probably wouldn't even bring anyone in from Stoke either so I'd say this kind of fixture is one to gloss over from a sort of FPL picking perspective um, I brought in Chupa Moteng um, to try and save a bit of money when trying to rejig my squad around for Aguero uh, and then overlook Shakiri, who of course got a goal and eight points the weekend so that was a bit annoying but to be honest I'm already considering getting rid of Chupa Moteng when I've got a couple of transfers so not a fixture that appetises, I don't think, too much. I think they, they've kind of steadied their defence a little bit more, haven't they, Stoke? So they may be worth in, investing in their defence, considering they haven't got a blank in game week 31 as well. Uh, I know I keep mentioning that, but it's kind of on my radar. I don't think you, sh- you should make all your decisions based on teams having a blank in 
game week 31 but he is considering I mean like Bauer at right back still playing every game yeah maybe he's one to, to look at the only thing is after these next three four fixtures after the City game their fixture running is quite difficult towards the end of the season so it, it might be one to, to bring in and then when you wildcard get rid yeah quite possibly like you said for the next three fixtures short term a defender does look you know, appealing, I would say. But then after that, it's a patch of five or six games that are a little bit difficult. So one to weigh up, depending on, like you said, whether or not you've got a wild card or not. Yeah. All right, chaps. Well, um, yeah, so it sounds like we're sort of tempted by some of the players, perhaps not committing to them too much in this one. Um, I can I can do better in the next fixture. This one's another classic. We've got Swansea Burnley. Swansea at home for this one against a Burnley side that have stuttered of late, but a slightly better result over the weekend. I say slightly, I mean 1-1 against Man City is nothing to be sniffed at. I'm thinking in terms of defensively for Burnley, I'm going to go that way for this one. Albeit Swansea have scored four as we speak tonight in the Cup. Two for Tammy Abraham, two for Dyer. But I've still got me in my side. And I think if you've got Pope, Tarkowski, me, I would go with a Burnley defender in this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I support that. And uh, I was looking at Barsley, but he seems to be injured now. He came off at half time, but he was playing a load of games. He would have been a great option at four point three, but maybe not now. He's he's got a knock. He might be back for the next game. It's just they're running till the end of the season. It's brilliant, isn't it? So I I totally agree with that. The defensive options are probably the way to go. I know Ward is coming back soon as well, so <clears throat> getting even stronger. So yeah, definitely. The only thing is, if you've got Pope, it's a question of when is Heaton back? No one knows. Um, he is due back soon, so it's a bit nervous if you have got Pope whether to, to move him out. Okay. Um, Craig, anything you want to add on this one? Uh, no, I think you've covered the points around uh, Burnley's defence for sure. Uh, they do have a very good and uh, interesting run of fixtures which should deliver the defensive returns. So, yeah, I think it's a key hold at the moment. Perhaps maybe maybe look at investing in some of the more assured starters in defence. So like a Ben Mee for sure. He's definitely guaranteed to start at the moment. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely one to look at. Pope, a little bit more risky, but he did rise in price um, during the week. And like you said, when is Heaton back? And to be honest, as ludicrous as this sounds, I'm not sure they would just thrust Heaton straight back in at the moment because Pope is actually doing really, really well. I think his, his saves have prevented a significant sum of goals. Uh, I remember seeing a table recently where De Gea had prevented something like 12 or 13 goals this season. Uh, and Pope was second, and he prevented about eight. Uh, and then down in third was someone, I can't remember who, but had, had prevented like two or one or two. So it's a big margin. So he's actually performing really, really well. So I don't even know if he'll get turfed out immediately, but a, a wait and see. Uh, and there, with Swansea, I think for me, it would only be defensive assets at the moment as much as they or haven't kept many clean sheets uh, in recent times. Alfie Mawson has been very much an attacking threat, and I think he's got a goal and assists in his last few games, and he showed that um, side of his game last year. So, yeah, Alfie Mawson's one to look at, and they've got four good fixtures coming up, so there may well be clean sheets um, now they're under Carvajal. Yeah, it's true. And also, I've got Fabianski still. He's one of these uh, players which just kind of stayed in my team throughout the bad fixtures. So I had to play him and he got me the odd clean sheet here and there. And I do think in these next five, I think that's ones he may have some clean sheets. Yeah, they've got some good games. Interesting. OK, well, let's move on to West Ham versus Watford. What a result for uh, Watford against Chelsea. 4-1. 
don't think any of us saw that coming. Uh, West Ham going down at the weekend quite considerably. Things not looking great for them at the moment. Poor Chikorito. Um Iceman, thoughts on this one? Yeah, see, everyone's wanting to move away from these West Ham assets, which we brought in through the double game week. They've got some really tough fixtures coming up. They can't keep a clean sheet. You know, they've got players out. I just think they're best off to avoid most of their players now. I'm looking to get rid of Ogbonna at some point. But Watford, they seem to have Delefeu back, and he's playing brilliantly. I mean, like they analysed him last week on Match of the Day, and... Yeah, he did look good, and he performed this week as well against Chelsea. So, shows that you know Xavi Garcia is making an impact there. He's got that new manager impact, and also Decore, as you mentioned before. Yeah, he could be this cheap option. But I was going to mention before you moved on the fixture, there, there is another another cheap enabler in midfield for Burnley. We mentioned him last uh, week or the week before, Goodmanson. He yeah. got a goal. He seems to be playing well, playing every game. Yeah, they've got some good fixtures. If you're going to get any attacking points, five mil. Yeah, if you've got Ruben Loftus Cheek transfer, if you've got that extra point five, maybe he is worth to to go up to. So yeah, if I was going a Watford asset, it would be either Delafeu or Decore. Richardson seems to have died and doesn't seem to be getting anything anymore. But yeah, uh, I'm. I, I would give Delafeu a couple more weeks before I actually brought him in, but. He, I am looking at him. I mean, Decore is, is your fifth midfielder. Seven goals, three assists this season. Very, very decent returns. Only 5.3 million. I mean, it's almost worth paying a little bit extra to have him as a fifth midfielder because he's going to start every game for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You support that? Mm. Okay. He's got some good numbers for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, Man City versus Leicester, who have, you know, struggling a bit with the Mares situation at the moment. Man City... Looking really good. I think uh, Craig, as guest, will let you purr over Man City this season. What, what do you think about them in this fixture? Well, I think they'll be working hard this week off the back of a 1-1 draw away at Burnley. Pep is, as we know, an absolute perfectionist. So that would have really hurt him at the weekend. Um, I can see a really fine display this weekend. It's the evening fixture. And I can see two or three goals coming uh, the way of Man City. Again, we don't really know with Man City where those goals will come from because they have such talent uh, in that attack that they could almost come from anywhere. So I'm not going to be the person to guess that. Sterling might well be involved because he seems to be involved all the time at the moment, even though he missed a glaring open goal against Burnley. I think he'll yeah, really want to come back from that. It was awful, wasn't it? And he, I think He's just he always, always up there. there, though, isn't he, Sterling? So he's always, always up there in the, in the attack, so he's always had a chance. We had a, we had a question from Justin Dice, just but is Sterling still a must-have, or is it worth looking elsewhere for potential Must-have for me. I, yeah. I just would not move him. There's no point in trying to recreate the will. He's literally... He's just put in all the points at the moment and as you just mentioned Iceman <clears throat> he's always in the box I've never seen anything like it he's just constantly in the box all the time around the six yard box almost acting as, as a striker you see Aguero sometimes sitting a little bit deeper and even when Jesus was fit I just keep seeing uh, Sterling in the box like for those balls that get cut back across so I can't. You couldn't take him out. It's crazy. It's, it reminds me of. Uh, Do you ever see that interview of Henri talking about how Pep made them play at Barcelona? He talked about the idea of freedom yeah, for the, yeah. the, the wide players. 
Now, we always joked about that, but actually you see that with the Man City wingers. Kind of they, They're quite disciplined out wide, but then the, like the final third, they'll just break into the box of pace. And you're seeing Sterling doing exactly that this season. Absolutely. It's definitely a trait I've not seen him do as regularly in previous seasons. It's, yeah. it's actually noticeable the amount of times he's getting in that box for those balls across the box, etc. So and I think probably you'd find that a lot of his goals this season have been those sort of you know, those tapping goals from sort of six yards. So, yeah, I wouldn't be moving him out of the team. So, see a lot of goals coming from sort of City side and Leicester. Well, obviously, with this news around Mares, it's kind of, again, um, they were looking like a club that you could invest in. You know, the Mares and the Vardy's always going to score goals. He's kind of, you know, he's that type of player. So, he's always going to get in between 10 and 16 goals a season as a given almost. Yeah. Um, so he, he could cause some trouble for sure. But I, can, I can't see anything but a three or four goal win for City here. I was going to mention, I was looking at Chilwell or Simpson for my defence last week. I didn't make a move in my defence. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I was thinking about Chilwell. He looks to have lost his place to Fuchs now. Mm. But Simpson is back in the team. Because after this game, they've got great fixtures towards the end of the season. They've only got Arsenal and Spurs out of the top teams to play, other than the City game. So maybe worth looking at their defence, considering how well they're playing in defence as well. Yeah, so that's a good shout. I am looking at Simpson at 4.3. He's a good option now. With Mares out, I do think maybe... I don't think he's actually going to play for him again. I think he's... I don't know whether it's paper talk or something, but he did mention, I'm not going to play for you again towards the owners. And uh, Damari Gray was a bit of a punt, I think, back in game week 14 or 15 or something. He seems to... He was playing quite a bit then, scoring a few points, but then he dropped off, wasn't getting much game time. And I do think that he's probably going to be playing a little bit more now. I know he only got 22 minutes last game, but I am kind of keeping my eye on him as well. Yeah, I... I... I can't see Mara's at the end of the day he is on a contract and I can't see because they're just going to find him again and again if he does that so I can't see him not playing at all again this season but I think you're right in the absence of, uh, of Mara's you would see more grey game time so it'd be interesting to see how that one develops yeah, just just a quick note on City as well. They have got cup games, they've got Champions League games as well, and they've got the Carlin Cup final as well. Not Carlin Cup, what's yeah. it called? Carabao. Mm. Yeah, the Carabao yeah. Cup final. So it looks like they're almost walking away with the league. Uh, I don't know whether there might be something like an ease up on the league games, maybe. I'm just kind of putting it out there. I know Laporte has come into defence now, mm. so... Stones didn't play signing. the last game and then yeah he's a great sign and, but then he didn't play this last game as well because no. the company played so there looks to be some rotation in defence and I've got Otamendi he's 6.5 so I'm looking to try and maybe move him out at some point Interesting I think you make a good point there Iceman definitely there's a, there's definitely a pending fixture pile up for them isn't there Yeah exactly I mean like with Aguero he can't play every game towards the end of the season so at some point I'm probably going to move him out as well but, yeah makes sense obviously at the moment I think just hold on to your city players and just kind of wait for that rotation to happen Any, anything else to add on that Craig with this one no again I think um, Iceman makes some very good points we didn't I didn't focus at all on the defence but um, I currently own Otamendi and other than Otamendi and Walker you just don't know what's going to happen there with obviously Laporte Stones even company played the last league game so against Burnley so I just you just got to steer clear at the moment and keep 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 an eye because, like you said, that that, that fixture schedule is dense. So 
there's going to be rotation. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move it on then, chaps. Let's look at Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. Huddersfield uh, beaten by United 2-0 at the weekend. Bournemouth picking up the points against Stoke. Craig, if uh, I came to you last time, so Iceman, what, what do you think about this fixture moving forward? Yeah, uh, there's no one from Huddersfield that you can get. I don't think there's going to be no options there whatsoever. They've got good fixtures until game week 35, though. But after that, a bit of a run-in. I just don't see anyone worth it in their team. Um, and I think Bournemouth seems to be where people are turning to for cheap midfielders in terms of Ibe. I think I do regret my decision in going Stanislas over Ibe. I think yeah, he is the one to get. He's always had good stats. He seems to get loads of minutes. And he's only 4.9, I think. Mm-hmm. Is he 4.9? Yeah. yeah, 4.9. So... He looks to be probably another good replacement for um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek if you're still hanging on to him. A lot of people did go Wilson as well. I still think that he's going to be good for these next six coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think, God, I, I, I do think yeah, some good assets to have at Bournemouth. I was just going to agree with you about uh, Callum Wilson. I think he's even when he's not scored, he's looked good for them. I think he's their go-to centre forward now. Um, I am just because of the running I had with him last season. I saw Josh King's goal at the weekend. Got me a little bit excited, reminiscing on the second half of last season. So if he can repeat anything like that form again, he'll be a good asset to have as well. Yeah, he probably will. The, the thing is, he's probably going to take my Stanislas's place next week. Yes, which I am. Your, your mate Stanislas. Yeah, poor Junior. <laughs> First name terms. Craig, thoughts on this one? Again, I'm not going to say anything that probably hasn't already been said here. I think Wilson and I are definitely the go-to players at the moment for Bournemouth. They both look like they've cemented their place. Ibe is actually pulling in some attacking returns. Um, Stanislas has always pulled in attacking returns pretty much when he's played. He's, he's kind of a consistent churner from that side of things. But as you said, Josh King in and around the squad now is, is a worry for potentially Stanislas. Maybe Ibe as well. Um, if you were going to invest anywhere, I'd definitely say Wilson. Aki got a goal recently. I probably wouldn't go to Bournemouth's defence at the moment, personally, but they don't have a bad run of fixtures. They have, I think, six good fixtures in the next seven, which is not too bad, only playing Spurs from the top six clubs at home in game week 30. So, again, perhaps there's there's room for manoeuvre there if you want to get rid of some of those players that, like, Ogbonna that I have and Cabaselli. Um, who are playing this weekend? So yeah, I think I think you've nailed it there. The Huddersfield for me, I, I can't buy into it. I think they're really going to struggle in this latter part of the season, being that they've never been at this level before. I think it's going to tire a lot of them out. I did see some people buying into their defence and stuff, but that's uh, just not for me. I, there's nobody there that appeals. Yeah, I really had a lot of hope for Tom Ince, and it's just he's never come yeah. good as he's just not scored enough at all. In fact, has he got any goals? I think he's got one goal this season. Yeah, yeah. big disappointment, yeah, isn't goal. it? Because he was, he was mooted around a lot at the beginning of the season when people start getting excited about the players that are coming into the league and the prices and stuff. And a lot of people were going, yeah, Tom Ince around sort of five and a half, six million is a great shout. And uh, I didn't quite see it myself, but there's plenty of players that I've seen like a Tom Ince that I've thought would do well and haven't done what, done well at all. So I always think with those players that are coming up, sometimes you just got to steer clear, not try and find you know a rough in the dirt and just wait, just wait and see, and then maybe jump on them. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, chaps, I think we've uh, we've milked everything we can from that one. So shall we move on to Newcastle versus Man United? I, I really fancy United to 
to do well in this one, uh, Mourinho tactics or not. Craig, do you want to lead us off yeah, sure. on Sanchez's new side? Certainly a bit more exciting than the last fixture, I agree. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I can see some goals coming in this one. Sanchez was... Um, well, he didn't have. He hasn't had the best of uh, games in the last two league games. I would say not. Not by his standards, yeah. certainly. But that said, he has been really greedy. I mean, the last game, I think he had the. Well, he did have the most shots out of anyone across the game. I think he had six shots uh, in game week twenty six. Um, three of them on target. He was alongside Ramsey and Kane with the three on target. So yeah, he's got that that selfishness about him again where it's kind of like he's got his big move he's got the paycheck that he wants he's at a big club I'm sorry to rub it in Jens bear in mind you're both Arsenal fans but he's certainly he's certainly a relieved man Um, I think we can say that much so he's definitely going to be the one to watch I wouldn't jump on him just yet personally because it's just the price tag just puts me off it's a lot of money to be thrown into that one position you have to kind of like move your squad around and stuff and for yeah, me yeah. the thing is with him he, he loses the ball like a lot because he's always trying these you know, <laughs> yeah. good passes and things like you know it's how he plays and it's like Messi Messi does it as well like he does lose the ball but he also you know does well with it as well so um, it just means that bonus points are just going to be detracted from him he, he did it at Arsenal he was doing it at United he is selfish which is good for FPL I do I'm starting to see that yeah he's going to be in and amongst the points quite a lot soon and against this Newcastle team who's I think the second for big chances conceded in the last four it just shows their their defence is not doing very well at all yeah 10 big mm. chances conceded in the last four it doesn't look good for, the, for them at the moment no definitely not I think um, I think Man United will want to you know just really assert their authority on this game I think yeah Sanchez is a, definitely a player that could do particularly well he's that player as well we all know he could get a hat-trick in this type of game and score 17-20 points and you're like gee whiz do we need to get him in starts making you think a little bit but uh, the fact that they've got Chelsea and Liverpool at home in the next five fixtures I just don't know but then he's kind of a fixture proof player isn't he so yeah I think um, I quite like the look of Anthony Martial to be honest he scored some great points and looked really really good I'm not too sure why he didn't play last time I don't know if you guys can shed, shed any light on that um, I saw that he came on from the bench, but just prior to that, he was playing regularly. So from game week 22 to game week 24, he scored 33 points in those three game weeks. So 11, 12 and 10. It's probably, probably just it's the best which they gave him. Gave him I think it was, because you're right. Because he's looked really good. I actually really like, when he's on his um, game, he's literally unplayable. He can look just like a Sanchez, but he just unfortunately has a sort of inconsistent spells. But again, he's got nine goals and five assists this season, and Sanchez is on eight goals and five assists. And I think players like that are the ones to watch because if you can't quite afford to, to bring in someone like Sanchez, then a Martial at eight point one million, he could really up his game around someone like Sanchez. Um, so yeah, I think perhaps I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Man United. I would like to invest. I don't think I'll be able to break my team completely down for a Sanchez. Yeah, see, uh, see I, I wouldn't be investing mainly in their attack other than Sanchez for me because of the kind of rotation which they can lottery, have. Lottery, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is a bit difficult. I do think that Marshall is kind of, yeah, he has cemented a place more or less in that team. But Pogba doesn't seem to be an option because he can't play in defensive role. 
Um, mm. He doesn't no. seem to be disciplined enough, and I don't think they can fit him in the attacking role. So I wouldn't be moving to him quite yet. I'll wait until he's played a few more games in that team. Maybe they were just resting him this week, but I don't know. And Lingard's but, kind. Lingard's kind of regressed as well, isn't he? I mean, I actually yeah. was guilty enough of bringing him in. him in. Yeah, I brought him in. I I just thought, oh god, he seems like the must-have player because he'd scored seven or eight goals in really really quick time, like nine or ten game weeks with some assists. And I thought, gosh, I'm gonna have to jump on this because he's going to be their their sort of go-to player through the middle just behind Lukaku but look, that's how that's how quick football can change as Sanchez move and all of a sudden his place is now well potentially up for grabs because it's going to be perhaps him or Mata that might drop out each week yeah exactly I did look at Chris Smalling last week as a potential mm, nice replacement move. for one of my players but does seem to get 90 minutes every week and he seems to be in the team I do think he's a good option at 5.3 he's kind of going yeah I agree with that that United defence seems to be out of all the Premier League teams this season seems to be the only one which you can look at as they're probably more likely to get clean sheets than anyone else even against Mm. the top teams because Jose's got this you know park the bus routine against the top teams Mm -hmm. so I can see either him a lot of their players from defence really so either him Jones or De Gea very good options mm. for defence they are absolutely I, I couldn't agree any more than that ok so we're loving United the Manchester version not the Newcastle version <laughs> um, it ca- so can we offer any hope to Newcastle fans or are they I, I think they're in oh, trouble Newcastle well, personally I mean I suppose you've got to look at Kennedy he seems to be doing quite well mm. at the moment I mean he had a disappointing loan spell at Watford a few years ago but he does look yeah. good at Newcastle he's on corners as well which he got the assist for and he's Brazilian so he has to be good <laughs> uh, yeah. I know he does play for the Brazilian under 23s but Looking at his career so far, he's not really scored that many, but he does look good for Newcastle at the moment, so maybe there is potential for him. So he's well, quite, quite mm. a cheap option. Maybe This is got... going to be the first club where he's had going to get a regular run of games, yeah. um, so that will be interesting to see compared to his time at Chelsea. Another yeah, Ruben sure. Loftus cheek option if you're willing to go there. The only thing is their fixtures are a bit ropey towards the end of the season. Awful, aren't they? Yeah, and they re- relegation play... is kind of on for them, isn't it? Yeah, I think they play five out of the top six in the next twelve. That is that's dark, and then they've got Leicester and Everton away as well in that time period. So seven tough fixtures in the next twelve. Uh, not not one to perhaps invest in. But the thing is, Paul Dummett is at four point two at the moment. He is mm. currently in my team. So if everyone can bring him, <laughs> so when I sell him, I can make a bit of cash. That'd be lovely. Yeah, Paul Dummett looking like a, an absolute stellar option from the Iceman there. Yeah. Uh, which I'm going to move us on to Saints Liverpool very quickly. Liverpool heading back to the club that they seem to build half their squad from, <laughs> Virgil Van Dijk. They will be very very bitter about the Tottenham result at the weekend. Craig, is there going to be redemption for Liverpool this weekend? Quite possibly, yes. Southampton have been pretty resilient in the recent weeks, though. Um, although the results haven't been coming, I believe they've sort of not lost in six or seven games, including cup competitions as well. So not as bad as perhaps it looks in the table. So I don't think Liverpool are going to have an absolute fanfare down on the south coast. But that said, it's the players up front for Liverpool, isn't it? I mean, they're absolutely yeah. ridiculous, really. They, they they have the best attack or the best front three probably in the league. So it could be the Salah show again. Um, Southampton, I don't know. 
defensively, I mean, the thing is, if Bertrand's on his game, he's a very, very, very good defender. He's been a bit uh, unlucky with a couple of injuries this year and not perhaps had a, a solid run at all times. But I think Bertrand will have his work cut out with, say, Salah, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people will be captaining Salah, I think, this weekend. I own Firmino as well as Salah. Robinson perhaps looks like a good choice for them in defence as well. Looks to have nailed down the spot at left-back. Liverpool, I would say, out of all of the clubs, probably have the best fixtures from now until the end of the season. They play Man United and Chelsea away. But other than that, the other 10 fixtures are all against, you know, sort of... Mediocre clubs, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, they score against anyone. We saw it against City, right at home. But they could easily, like I said, score. I'm sure they score against goals against Man United away and potentially against Chelsea away. But yeah, when you got you know Southampton, West, and then the game week 28 and 29, Liverpool have got West Ham and Newcastle at home. I mean, that's a dead cert for a Salah captain, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you're not going to captain him, then when are you going to captain him? And I've been more than guilty of it over this season. I don't know why I haven't captained him. I must say it every week, but um, I should captain him more. It's been more sort of cane for me. But yeah, so Liverpool, I would. I would have three players for Liverpool from now until the end of the season. I've got Firmino, I've got Salah. I will look at potentially a Robertson. I don't want to, yeah. you know, over egg the attack because I think, wow, well, you only got then, I say, a Mane potentially out of the sort of options that look the most appealing. And then it's just kind of, I'm not sure the, all the others will hold down their place. Chan looks very, very good, I must admit, but it wouldn't be someone I'd bring in my team. But again, he's he's playing very, very well. So Robertson for me. And then from Southampton's side, I would say. I probably wouldn't maybe invest in them from an FPL perspective at the moment, but Ward-Prowse has just really turned up a notch in recent weeks and seems to be the sort of go-to man on all the set pieces. And yeah, he's really stepped up his game. It's about time. Yeah, I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Just set piece and corner specialist, really, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, he benefits a lot from that in FPL points. I know he stole the ball off of Buffon for his goal as well, which is yeah, great. that's right. But yeah, he, yeah, I do yeah. think he's still pretty good. Stevens seems to be your goal scorer though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, that's it. He's getting a few now, isn't he? Uh, although yeah, he's got three <coughs> goals in his last three games. There yeah. you go. I wouldn't necessarily invest in your defence though, but Bertrand, like you say, yeah, mm. I agree with that. Getting chances, well, getting forward uh, from gaming mm. twenty eight to thirty two. Don't look too not bad. too bad, yeah, is it? From that bad. period, but Before still some it, tough away yeah. fixtures in there, isn't there? When you look at it, you've got West Ham away, Leicester away, and Everton away in the middle of Arsenal away, Chelsea at home. Home and Man City at home. That's the last sort of six fixtures, that or seven fixtures, should I say? Yeah. Pretty bleak, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I look. I'm a Southampton fan, as you guys know, and I probably wouldn't be investing in them at the moment. So that says it all. So um, James Ward-Prowse, though, yeah, we'll see how that goes because I don't really like you promoting anyway from an FPL perspective. So he's 5.4, Ward-Prowse is 5.1. It might be a, a move, but to be honest. As the Iceman said earlier, I'm likely to perhaps move Aguero out at some point and then redistribute the funds around the team. So it might mean that I can upgrade. So, yeah, three from Liverpool for me, I think, uh, uh, in the final week. So I probably will bring in a defender, potentially. Yeah, I agree I, with that. I agree with that. Go on, Pete. I, I, say, I can't really offer anything more than what you guys have said. I think you've covered all the main attacking threats from Liverpool. I've still got Firmino. I think he's going to be someone that pops up with a goal every other week. But also he, he really provides assist-wise and that. 
at Liverpool attacking front three. So I think he's a great option to have and slightly cheaper to free up some cash in midfield. Also, Anyone they, else, they, nice man? Also, they haven't got a blank in uh, game week 31. So, yeah, some good assets for Liverpool to bring in. Okay. So, chaps, that brings us on to our last game of the game week, which is the Monday fixer. So, Chelsea get the uh, the Monday straw again. They're at home against West Brom. Feels an important one for Antonio Conte, Iceman. Yeah, I do think that they'll probably. Everything seems to be going ridiculously bad for Chelsea at the moment, but I do think they'll probably turn it around for this game. West Brom mm. are bottom for a reason. Pardew can't manage anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, they've they've got a kind of good run of fixtures, Chelsea. After this patch, which they've got here, if you manage to hold on to them through the United City and Spurs game in the next five, they do have a good run to the end of the season. It's just that everything seems to be going wrong for them at the moment. Yeah. Hazard owners, he seems to be the troll. Even throughout the game, people thought, oh great, he's blanked again and he scores a wonder goal. Although he did ignore Louise when he celebrated. It's to say there's a bit of unrest in the um, Chelsea camp. Also, you don't know whether the manager merry-go-round is going to happen again and whether Conte is yeah. going to be ditched. So they've got Emerson coming in so everyone's looking at this along being benched and panicking I wouldn't necessarily panic about it I think he was just given a rest even yeah, when even when Emerson was uh, he was on the bench the last game he was injured most of last season so it's not to say that he's just going to come straight into the team I do think Alonso will still play and I do think this game is probably not the game to get rid of him if you're thinking about getting rid of him I would probably do it before the Man United or City game maybe not even that I, I would still say that he's a good player to have I don't have him at the moment I'm don't look to be getting him in yet, but probably on my wild card towards the end of the season. But if you manage to have him, you've probably got good value on him, and you'll probably lose that if you get rid of him now and want to bring him back if you wild card towards the end of the season. Okay, Craig, do you want to add anything to what the Iceman said there? I think he's covered all the key points, to be honest. I own the Lonzo at the moment, so I'll stick with this week. I'm trying to hold back a transfer this week, so I've got two like you guys have this week for next week manage things from there so I'd like to own Hazard he's kind of a frustrating own isn't he he doesn't always seem to be at the races but I think it's because again Chelsea seem to be going for this that little transitionary period again where uh, they kind of were not last season but the season before where yeah. things just weren't going well and they all of a sudden they just look so average and I just can't get my head around it uh, really with the players that they've got it seems kind of bizarre to see Conte going from last year and it was literally a miracle show wasn't it I mean he was like head and shoulders above everyone else from sort of a, a management perspective and getting getting the team really going and now all of a sudden it's just you know looks like internal politics taking over all over again so I don't know I probably wouldn't be rushing at the Chelsea team at the moment I do like Willian though I think if he got regular games I do I just like him as a player he links up really well and there was a game a couple of games back where Willian and Hazard were linking up exceptionally well so he's definitely someone to look at and then from a West Brom perspective do not go there what about Sturridge <laughs> not for me he'll, you'll put him in and he'll be injured next week so not not for me at all right, right. I'm going to have this bit of you Sturridge yeah. to, to beat Murray for points from now to the end of the season what, what, what's riding on this what's the just sportsman <laughs> I'll, I'll just get to brag at the end of the season no cash prize no. well surely it's worth taking mm. For the show, I'll, we'll take the bet and we'll, we'll think about 
we'll think about the forfeit later. But okay, I feel like yeah, I'm yeah, coming off a bit of a raw deal there. I think, <laughs> I think particularly with hey, Brighton's fixtures. Hey, you deliberately didn't back him straight away. I do think there's goals in storage. He's a selfish player, so it's to say that. Yeah, he, I reckon he, no, for sure. He got 60 no, I, minutes in the last game. I think that he towards the end of the season. After this game, they've got some pretty good fixtures. I would no, say. I agree. I do agree with you there. He is a massive um, punt. So to speak. I think it's the th- same thing as ever with him, isn't it? As long as he stays fit, if he does stay yeah. fit, he's definitely going to... There's, there's no doubt he's gone to West Brom and he said, I want to go to the World Cup of England. I have to play every week. Yeah. So I think he's going to play every week. It's just a matter of whether he's fit enough to do it or not. And if he is, give it three, four games, he may well be an option. But we need evidence of that. Mm, I Plus agree. The, that the people feeding into him are not what he had at Liverpool. Let's remember. No, that's very true. He's, he's, he's kind of look, he looked a bit of a sort of a frustrated man at times in the Southampton game because he wasn't getting that service as you've just pointed out. But as you said, um, there are some good fixtures on the horizon for West Brom, and if they're going to stay up in the division, they're going to need to take points from those fixtures. So from game week twenty eight, which is the one after this, to game week thirty three. The fixtures are really, really good. They've got to be taking um, some some maximum points from some of those, and so the, to do that, you know, they're going to have to resort to storage, aren't they? So, yeah, I think you, I think he'll score well, but I just probably wouldn't be going there at the moment. Yeah, Solomon Rondon is a very different player to Mohamed Salah. <laughs> Chaps, that brings us to the uh, that brings us to the end of all of our fixtures for the game week. Iceman, do you need a tinkle? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Here you go then. Thanks. Is that what you eat sounded like? (laughs) Recording now. Okay. Welcome back, the Iceman. Let's sum things up then. So, Spurs Arsenal, we spoke of Kane, Ramsey, Monreal. We moved on to Everton versus Palace. Walcott was the only one really taking our fancy in this one. Stoke Brighting, Chupa Moting is still the, the cheap option there. Shakiri's had a bit more form. We talked about Gross, but not really too much attracting our attention in this game. Swansea versus Burnley, really, it was all about the Burnley cheaper priced. Uh, defensive assets, your Pope, your Tarkowski, me. Mawson, although perhaps they're not keeping any clean sheets, provides an attacking option for Swansea at the back. West Ham versus Watford, Decore and Delafay were the main ones that we spoke about there. And then we moved on to Man City versus Leicester. Questions about Sterling, we think you're safe with him at the moment. Um, for Leicester, unfortunately, in the absence of Riyad Mahrez, we might see a bit more game time for the likes of Gray. Uh, but we know Vardy just keeps on scoring. Uh, Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. We spoke about Bournemouth options with Huddersfield dropping quickly. Wilson looks a good cheap option up front, and Ibe also looks uh, exciting in attack. Newcastle, Man United. You can toss a coin on Sanchez at the moment. Does appear to be starting every game. And Martial still looking really good for them. Saints versus Liverpool. We spoke about uh, Bertrand, but also Robinson for Liverpool. James Ward-Prowse seems to be doing a bit more for Saints of late. Salah and Firmino, you're a safe bet on them, and Mane as well, arguably. And then we went on to Chelsea versus West Brom, where Willian and Hazard are probably the best options for Chelsea, although at the moment, form isn't really in their favour. Nice sum up, Paul. Now, (laughs) chaps, we need a captain for this game week, so let's come to the the guest first. Craig. 
Who are you skippering? And also, oh. who, who are you transferring in? Well, boring on that front because I'm trying to hold my transfer. Likelihood is is that I'm going to get rid of Super Moting next week and potentially bring in War Prowse, and then that will give me a little bit of extra cash so I can upgrade Cabaselli or Ogbonna to Robertson. So that's probably the plan from my side, um, and I pretty much made that on the podcast. So thanks, guys. Whilst we were talking about Liverpool and Saints, uh, I was having a little tinker, and um, actually, I, I think Robertson would be a good bet. Um, from now until the end of the season, with their relatively good fixtures, Liverpool aren't, you know, the the, the strongest at the back. But um, but yeah, that's my moves or well, my potential moves. Oh, things can change very quickly in one day in FPL, can't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. um, captain, I'm currently on Aguero. I don't know if this is just me being really stubborn because I missed out on Salah's points last week. I know I should be on Salah. It's nothing to do with head over heart being a Southampton fan. Well, perhaps it is because it's. Salah should be able to score against anyone in the league, particularly a team like Southampton. But I feel like Man City are going to do really, really well at the weekend. Uh, three or four goals for them, and I'm just hoping and praying that I get captain right. And so I'm probably going to butt the trend a little bit, because I can imagine Salah's going to be very heavily captain, and I'm probably going to go with Aguero. I have, just to support that, I am actually in the same boat. I do think I'm going to go with Aguero as well. Like a last chance saloon, isn't it? I, I, I just don't. I still feel like Southampton are playing better. I feel like they've kind of turned mm. a little bit of a corner, and yeah. I think that they are. They probably won't keep a clean sheet. I just can't see that many. No. I mean, like if it's one, then yeah, fair enough. But so I can see probably more in Man City. Uh, that mm. you did mention earlier that you said that Pep was going to work them hard. He has actually given them a little holiday for four days. Yeah, right, just to work them nice. hard, though. I'm sure they're not. They're not got feet up on the beach no honestly they're, they're away they can, apparently they can do what they want for four days honestly. wow yeah it's, it's in the news if you if you look okay. on it, you can look it up there we go so who knows they may get a good rest and it may not benefit them in terms of you know that uh, group togetherness or maybe they get the rest and then they come refreshed and then then they smash this you can imagine it can't you Aguero putting his feet up in the Winnebago down in down in Cornwall or somewhere like that yeah. <laughs> nice little beach away day for Sergio very nice yeah, there we go Driving his R8 up there, just his second-hand car. Or oh, I think I think he's probably got a family camper man. He is a family man, is Aguero. So I think he's probably got. I think he surprised you. Yeah, maybe. So Southampton, just on that very quickly, they have conceded six goals in their last six games in all competitions. They've played Tottenham in that time as well. And then just prior to that, they played Man United. So against Man United and Spurs, they've only conceded one goal in those last two games. So there is. There is method to my madness. I do think that yeah. um, they will be quite tight at the back, and I'm hoping, I'm so praying, because I know loads of people are going to go Salah, and I hope that there is actually method to this madness, and that it will be, sort of like you said, a one-goal affair, perhaps, for Liverpool. We, we can go in together, mate. Hands in. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> oh. um, I'm, really, I'm really struggling for a captain. I think the, ob- the obvious is, obviously, Salah... And can I? I quite. Fa- I'm a bit behind you, Ice Man. So I actually quite fancy punting on Hazard against West Brom to come back and mm. prove us all wrong. Yeah, could he, he could easily get 15 points in that game, like really yeah, in a blink. Yeah, you've really tempted me with that. I, I think I'm. I'm going to go Hazard. I'm going to go. I'm going to say I'm going to go Hazard now. I'm going to put him up the armband and I'm going to commit to that as uh, as nice. hosting this podcast. I'm going to put my money where my ass is. Well, so, if I owned Hazard, I'd 
probably do the same as you yeah, as well I I because I just think that I, I love a Monday night captain. Yeah. When all else has failed in the in game week twenty seven, you can at least relax and watch and yeah. watch the final fixture and hope that it pays off. Do you know what? that's not a bad idea actually? Because I need a decent weekend, not not just like FPL, just in life. <laughs> I think if I can just, just in pull- life. <laughs> If I can keep the candle burning, just that extra 24 hours, that Monday morning won't be as bad. You know, exactly. when you get up to work, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered with Monday morning. But I'll be like, well, I've still got my captain to play. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to captain Marcus Alonso then. There we go. That's it. Alonso is for you as well. Um, what are we doing? Podcast. That's it. Right. So what, we've got what, our captain's what, just, just, yeah. What moves are you doing, Billy? What, what chances mm. are you doing? Well, like after the, I'm, I'm still actually got funds in the bank after that game week when I went um, all Tottenham, and I've, as a result of that, I've got two and a half million in the bank. I've got a couple of transfers. There's a couple, yeah, a couple of problems to fix. I've still got the Tongan, so what I might actually do is trade down on him, raise a bit of cash, and get a bit of a more mid-priced striker because I've got De Potter up front at the moment, which I punted on about a month and a half ago, and I can tell you he's done nothing in that time. So. I might jazz up my uh, my strike force, or I might go for a bigger hitter in midfield. The absence of a Liverpool midfielder does concern me, so I might fix that issue. Yeah, fair. I'm actually, I kind of mentioned earlier, I've got Son, so I've also got transfer, which I've rolled over, which I, I'm kind of hoping to roll over for next week as well, because there's a, there's a little bit of a break. So I, I do think that maybe having two transfers and making three transfers mm. with a minus four next week might benefit me. So I think I'm just going to do Son to Walcott because, mm. uh, again, I mentioned he's, he's playing in that game week 31 as well. And also he just looks like a good asset to have. So, yeah, I think I'll be doing that Son to Walcott and then just rolling the other transfer and two transfers next week. Interesting stuff. Let's see how things pan out then. So, Iceman, any any questions from Twitter? Yeah, we've got a few questions. We're not going to be able to answer them all because we've run a little bit over time. But we've got one here from Nailed On at FPL underscore GTO. He's just put, what do we do about all the blanks coming up in game week 31? And also we had another one here in Tekab Ahmed. He has also put uh, how many players at least are okay to field in blank game week 31. Oh, he's also put what is my name and then winked because he knows because <laughs> <laughs> he knows I can't say it. Uh, and also um, Adi Yakov has just put with 12 game weeks to go fully loaded up on chips. What is your strategy? So Craig, going to go to you on this mm. one. Kind of what what is your strategy with these blank game weeks coming up in terms of game week 31 etc mm. and what, how are you going to be using your chips well I still have the free hit chip because I hear quite hit, I hear quite a lot um, of people saying well I'm putting in a player that's playing in game week 31 and, I, and I'm only making an assumption that those people that are saying that perhaps don't have the free hit so do you guys still have that left yeah I've still got all my chips available okay so I think from my side when I've played this game before certainly from last year or when the the emergence of the blank game weeks which seems to only been in the last few seasons they've been so regular Ooh, let, um, let, me, let me just add before you do uh, just just to let the listeners know it looks like the blank game weeks are going to be game week 31 and in game week 34 there'll likely be a, a double game week game week 35 will be another blank game week and in game week 37 there'll be another double game week so just a note on that this is how we're kind of listing how we're going to structure it so do you want to continue where you were sorry Craig no problem I'll start again it's fine from my side I still have all my chips intact 
the way I look at this is I don't want to focus too heavily uh, on the third game week 31 at the moment. Um, if I am bringing in players, I don't want to have to bring them in just because they're playing in game week 31. And I know that in 31 at the moment, there's two guaranteed fixtures so far. So we've got Liverpool versus Watford and Stoke versus Everton. So from my side, because I have the free hit chip, I might play the free hit chip in game week 31. And then double game week 34, I may use, say, the triple captain. And then in game week 37, when you've got the double game week again, I might actually play my wild card in or for blank game week 35. So that's the way I see it. So um, to summarise that, free hit potentially for 31. Then in double game week 34, maybe play my triple captain, depending on how those fixtures look. For blank game week 35, I will look to perhaps wild card my team two game weeks before the double game week 37 so I have as many players as possible then in double game week 37 I can play bench boost cool. that's, that's a different strategy how I would see it but Billy what's your thoughts on your strategy I'm actually um, still thinking about holding on to the free hit until the last day of the season oh, I know it sounds a bit out there but I just think like I said our um, guy in our mini league last year kept his wild card until then and he very nearly caught us in the last minute on the last day of the season he basically had free reign to pick every informed player, just sacri- it didn't really matter who was on his bench at that point in time. So he scored really high, and I wow. still may well go with that tactic. And do you have a chips? Uh, the wild card before the, I think, game week 34. So you'll be looking at game week 32, 30. So you'll kind of schedule your team towards the blanks for game week 31. So make sure that's you the plan at the moment, yeah. yeah. So what's your what's your thoughts on bringing in players with blank game weeks in? Um, are you adverse to maybe not going against bringing in players that have got a blank game week or just sticking to the players which you know have definitely got a game? Because just, well, just to read We talked it. about this previously and I think it depends. Like we, like we said before, we, we bring players in not just for one game week but for the long haul. So mm. if, if there's someone, for example from a top four side who I think is going to, even if they blank a game week, is going to score more in the long run, then, then that won't bother me just to lose them for a week. And I know that sounds obvious, but I like to play the long game rather than just reacting. Yeah, yeah, fair. I was just going to list um, the, the games that are going ahead. As Craig mentioned, it's Stoke, Everton, Liverpool, Watford. Uh, they're all going to be playing from game week 31. The, the games which are likely to go ahead are Bournemouth, West Brom and... Huddersfield, Crystal Palace, so yeah, not other great teams. It looks like Everton, maybe Liverpool, probably some players to have. Maybe Delafoe from Watford might be a player to have as well. But my Mm. actual strategy, which I've kind of been looking at, is to kind of get a few good players, which I know are going to be playing in game week 31, which have got good fixtures leading up to it. Then in that game week, I should be covered. Then directly after that game week, wildcarding in game week 32 or 33, depending on how I've got my team set up then game week 34 I would you know that's the double game week so I'd load up on those double game weeks in that wild card and then in game week 35 would be my free hit because uh, there'll be blanks there and then uh, I would kind of hold off a transfer in game week 36 and likely use it in game week 37 for more double game week players Mm. so that is my current strategy thinking that's probably how i see i'm gonna benefit from the most points mm-hmm. it just just depends i mean like looking at the game week 34 will probably be my bench boost and game week 37 will be my triple captain or i could swap them around it just depends how 
teams are getting on nearer the time. But at the moment, I'm not necessarily... I know I've raised a few players which I know are definitely playing in Game Week 31, but I'm not necessarily bringing in those players just for the sake of it. I'm bringing in Walcott because I think he's a good asset to have. He's also got a game in that game week. Also, I'm kind of agreeing with you, Craig, about the Liverpool defence. I think that Robertson might be a good bet also playing mm. this game week. So I'm kind of aware of it. And with players which I know are definitely playing, which are in my team, for example, I've brought in Stanislas. I think I've just got to keep him now. He's also playing that that week, most likely. So I'm not going to get rid of him for a player which isn't playing. But I'm not necessarily at the moment bringing in just the players which are playing that game week. I will still bring in players which I think do you know, have good fixtures up to then. That's, that's, that's my... very nice, man. Yeah, in depth. <laughs> okay. Next question. Uh, yeah, so I hope we've kind of covered all that for you guys. Got another one here from Andy Goodland. Is just put uh, with Wimmer, Kennedy, and Chilwell in my defence, alongside Alonso and Otamendi. Who are the best cheap defenders out there we can rely on? Thinking of Robertson up four point seven is a good start. Puts cheers up the pod. So yeah, I do agree with that. Robertson, another good option to have. What are your thoughts on cheap defenders going forward? I know we listed a few last week, didn't we, Paul? Yeah. I still think Burnley are the way to go um, mm. as much as you can, yeah, even for the rest of the season. It's a What's shame that? that Barsley doesn't seem to be an option. Though, yeah, whether he he's got a knock and whether he's injured. I mean, like Loton, you could probably go to. He's still four point three, but although he only got forty five minutes in the last game, yeah, yeah, he came on for Barsley. So I think perhaps you, you're right there that you've either got Loton or Barsley. Perhaps might might be filling in in that spot there. Yeah. Any other options which you can see, Craig, from defence? Good cheap options for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think, again, it was touched upon earlier. I, I noticed that Bully brought it up when we were talking about Stoke, but Bauer seems to be quite a good option, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Potentially. Um, but perhaps that ship has sailed because a couple of the good fixtures have already gone um, from when I was sort of uh, considering Stoke's defence. And then in the next few, they do then have a little bit of a decline in fixtures. Um, I think, to be honest, you won't go far wrong with a Liverpool fullback. I mean, Gomez was, was I think, just out in the last game, but again, yeah. should be back. And Trent Alexander-Arnold was, was actually a real star of the show against Spurs. So his crossing was ridiculous, but I don't know if he'll get um, regular games, but um, their prices are Robertson 4.7, Gomez at 4.7, and Alexander-Arnold at 4.2. So, Hopefully, we can all find someone there, basically, I'd say, as a starting point for one. Yeah. I I, I did also look at, I know it sounds weird because I didn't mention him earlier, but Hagazi at West Brom. Yeah. Those I was fixtures. just about to mention him, I with the fixtures. The fixtures and he is playing yeah. every week. Yeah, he's playing yeah, every week. It. And also, uh, Norton for Swansea. He does play every week, and Swansea have got some good fixtures mm. to the end of the season. He might be another viable option. Um, yeah, true. Southampton as well. We did we did loosely talk about it, but um, Jack Stevens potentially yeah. three goals in his last three in all competitions. Not this week, perhaps, but then after that, they they Southampton do have a good run of five good fixtures, and they've not been conceding a lot lately, and aren't a tip, team that typically concede many goals anyway. They just haven't really got much going forward, so that's another option as well. Yeah. Um, that was kind of it for this week. We, we're, we've kind of run out of time, so apologies we didn't get round to your question. I'll message you back on Twitter. So, yeah, that's it for this week. Oh, thanks for your questions, guys. Very nice. Okay. Um, Iceman, just as the final question, is there anything in the feedback box? 
Yep, we certainly did. We had one from Aaron Boyle. He has just put here, Great Surgery Pod, my feedback, Iceman. Cosmic. Yeah. That's it. Cosmic. That, that's what was it. in the box this week. Keep them coming, guys. We will announce another one next week. I've got to say, that's a, that was that was a great description. <laughs> Nailed it, isn't he? Uh, the Iceman is absolutely cosmic. Right, okay, that brings us to the end of another Fantasy Football Surgery podcast. Thank you once again for listening. I want to thank our guest, Craig, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me again. It's been a great fun. Yeah, uh, where, where, just as a reminder, where can people pester you online to find out about all things fantasy football? My uh, Twitter handle is at FPLEditor. So they can find me there and um, can send me any messages via that. Excellent. No, it's been great having you on, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be speaking to you again very, very soon. Good stuff. Iceman. Yep. Cheers, guys. Good luck in your game weeks. And uh, if you want to get involved or find out more about the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast, you can find us on www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can type in Fantasy Football Surgery on Facebook. Uh, you can you also can listen to us, on, to I- us on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, please, or Please rate us. Yeah. Yeah, rate us and on the podcast. you could always yeah, rate the podcast, go up it and then uh, also listen to us on SoundCloud when you come round to listening to us for the second time. You can post you can uh, also... questions to us on Twitter at FF Surgery. FF underscore surgery. Oh, you can see I haven't done this. Yeah, and uh, also also <laughs> other ways you could contact us. I'll just ruin like your the... ending, I'm sorry, Pete. No, this is kind of this makes a bit different, doesn't it? <laughs> You can also email uh, us at ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. If you fancy it, you could join the mini league, 1173-455. And if you want to support the pod, and thank you to those that have so far, patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. Number of different uh, support options on there with added benefits. Yes, there is. Please join us. Please support our pod. So that brings us to the end of the Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Iceman, any final words of, I don't know, wisdom? No, or... there's never any wisdom for me. No, uh, what about advice about buying a house? Oh, yeah, buy a house. It's great. Lovely stuff. All right, from all of us here at the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week. Nice pod. Nice pod. Cue the uh, rock music. I really did try and ruin your ending just to see what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I heard you doing it. I thought you were correcting me, and I suddenly realised you were getting involved. So I was like, "All right, let's go with this and see see where it goes." And. Pete. Lost Pete. Okay. No, he's died. <laughs> he's died. I wish he wouldn't die. Pete. Have we lost you again? He's gone. Uh, Dead enough.
I don't blame him. No, we were talking. You, you, 